Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we're going to recap the Ottawa Senators game and uh, talk about some post-game comments made by Sam Gagne. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm counting it. I'm you counting should. it. What? I didn't hit start, so that's that's good. Yeah, you didn't hit start because you hit the wrong button. Yeah, but the cold open itself, I got on my first take. Yeah, but you, it does. There's no way that counts. You literally yeah. screwed up. You pressed the wrong button to start the show. No, you can't prove that. You can't I, prove that. I, you have no proof. I saw it with my eyes, guys. I first taked it this today. First no, take the cold not. open. Yeah, I, the cold open I did. I did on the first take. What happened before that was not part of the cold open. Therefore, I got the cold open on the first try. Therefore, no. <laughs> Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty's also a host over at Lockdown Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, Scotty, the Red Wings lost 4-1 to to the Ottawa Senators today, uh, or last night by the time the people are listening to this. Not the most exciting game in the world to watch between two, you know, bottom of the league teams, but there were a few positive things to talk about. Um, before we get into that, hey, it was Tigers night at Little Caesars Arena, and that was pretty exciting. They were giving away this this honestly pretty sick hat. It was a, a red cool, Detroit man. Tigers hat. And, yeah, it was uh, sick, man. That thing sick. was hard. But yeah, a lot of the Tigers were there. I know they had Eric Haas on the TV broadcast. He said some things that apparently got the fi- fan base fired up. Yeah. They had Michael Fulmer on the in arena interview that was on the Jumbotron. Badu did the puck drop. Really? I didn't notice that. He did the, the, the puck drop. Yeah. Well, Eric Haas saying that the home run pumped him up because he's always hated Chicago or something he's like that. He's from here, man. Like that, that's, they actually, he said a lot of cool stuff. Like he, he did. Yeah. He said, I've hated Chicago my whole life with that close. So that's, <laughs> that's obviously going to go say. over. That's going to go over really well with the fans. But he, I mean, he's from here, like hometown kid. And he even talked about somebody asked him about like, you know, Red Wings fandom growing up. And he said he was a bigger Red Wings fan than he was a Tigers fan growing up. Like he, He's uh like, like he you know diehard at all the Detroit teams so like it's just so cool that he's like found his spot and found success. I mean he was he was a uh, uh, I don't want to call anybody a failure, but he was a um he he was not productive and not really anything in Cleveland when when he was there before the the Tigers picked him up and was kind of just like a non factor and. He comes here and now is is obviously doing doing great things. So that's really, really tr- cool to see. That's been the trend with the Tigers the last couple of years, though. Not just uh, Haas, but, you know, Akil Badu is a, uh, a what, five, a five draft pickup. He comes along and had an explosive year last year, and he's one of the exciting young guys on the team. So there's been a, there's been a couple of guys just like that. No, but Tigers night at Red Wings uh, L- L- LCA was fun having all the Tigers there. Actually, there was um, a, they were like they showed up, man. It was like a, like Miguel was there, Baez and Candelario, I think were there too. Yeah, I mean Mize was there, Scooble was there, Manning was there. Obviously, we already talked Haas, Badu, uh, Meadows was there, um, Torkelson was there, and he got the he got the Larkin jersey with the C on it. Uh, I mean, it's Torkelson literally right did. across the street, so not yeah. a long track. Like he, I mean, just like 
everybody showed up to this game. It was super, super cool. Well, and those jerseys came from the team store. Just saying. Uh, they, uh, wow. they they came earlier in the uh, before the game started to uh, acquire those jerseys. So just uh, it, it runs it runs through Brian. The show runs through Brian. One of those Tigers players got a Rasmussen jersey. I'm just saying. Did they there, really? there was a Rasmussen jersey mixed in there. So someone oh, got that Rasmussen Renaissance uh, wrap. Rasmussen Renaissance, baby. That's hard. Um, no, it was, it was cool. I mean, like you said, the hat was sick. The hat yeah, that they were cool. handing out was was dope. That, People that kept coming in the store asking if we were selling them. I'm like, nah, sorry, it's giveaway. Yeah, they're cool, man. I, man, I would I would have fought somebody for them off the record. Like that, <laughs> I mean, that's cool. off the record. You're saying it on the record. <laughs> I said off the record. <laughs> um, well, I'm not um, editing it out. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, but no, it, it, it's just super cool. Whenever they, whenever they, uh. You know, a lot of cool pictures came out of the night. Just really fun whenever they kind of intertwine, you know, teams. And now it's super easy with those two because they're both owned by the same person. So, like, it's way easier to do those than it is e- even the other two teams. But question for you. Yeah. Was this a fever dream I had when I was a child? Or did the Tigers and the Red Wings play a baseball game? Yes. At one point. This did happen. Correct. Okay. I they did it like one time and I thought it was really cool and they've never done it again. And I wish they would. Yeah, they did it was like a softball game, I think. Yeah. yeah. They did do that. Yes, absolutely. That was yeah. it. That was a real thing that I happened. I didn't make that up. No, it, it was it was a while ago. Um I I I don't even want to try and guess what year it was. But yes, that, that did happen a while ago, uh, when when both teams were still like playoff teams, yes. Ah, the good old days. I'm getting close to that though. Again, um, not this year for the Red Wings though. As again, they lose four to one to the Ottawa Senators. Senators season sweep of uh, the Red Wings. And Scotty, what are your uh, what are your what are your thoughts? What's standing out in your head the most about this game? Your main takeaways? Um, Thomas Grice was excellent. Yes, I, I think that's that. the the biggest one. To be honest with you. Uh, Thomas Grice was excellent. The defense, I, I don't think, was very. The defense had a horrible first period, at least. Yeah. Uh, I think they recovered decently for the last two thirds of the game, but their first period defense was putrid. Um, I... <laughs> yeah, the Red Wings didn't get dominated by any stretch. Of the imagination throughout this game, the shots were pretty close. I think the final total was uh, twenty-five to thirty-six. So it wasn't like a huge blowout. Obviously, the Senators finished with 11 more shots, but it wasn't, even if you look at the Corsi 4 percentage, it was 45, 45, 51 for the Red Wings. So it was within like a 5% margin, which, so it wasn't a domination except for that first period. Because if you look at the quality of those scoring chances, the <laughs> Ottawa Senators had a 70% expected goals for percentage in the first period. But after that, again, the Red Wings just did their typical, like, kind of, you know, after the first period, they came out in the second period and looked like they were willing to play some hockey, willing to play some hockey. And it just, it wasn't like the, to be honest, it wasn't the most exciting game in the world, but um, the Red Wings defensively, at least, were able to prevent the Ottawa Senators from just completely dominating and getting top quality scoring chances, but they're still getting shots from dangerous scoring areas. I mean, I'll, I'll throw up the heat map, one of our favorite pastimes to do, and that, it's already set to all um all things considered you know power play penalty kill even strength you can just see like yeah there's just a the long things considered setting 
Well, <laughs> all things considered, static. <laughs> you know, all strengths. All strengths considered. Um, but there's just a big, long, blue streak from right in front of the slot. Yeah, it's tough, man. Up the middle. Like, for some reason, the Ottawa Senators had free reign to take shots from anywhere in the middle of the offensive I mean, zone, I will say, better zone. that than... The, like the one on top of the net is obviously bad and needs to not be there. But I, I mean, better the better that I guess than like getting just hell rained on from you from inside of both circles. Yeah, like at I least mean, at least as a goalie, right? At least you're facing everything straight up for the most part, right? Yeah, you're squaring up, but also. I mean, it depends on how far out Grice was able to come to cut off those angles. If he's playing deep in his net, that's actually going to get more corners available. It's definitely more of a situational thing, but looking at it in a general term, I mean, there's pretty much nothing inside the face-off circles, which is a change of pace from what we're used to. And like I said, obviously the the one in front of the net or on top of the net basically – can't happen, and and that's no. gonna that's been the, the one of the biggest issues for this team all year. But as far as like the 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 tail of that thing, right? Like the the rest of the street that kind of goes like over the logo. I mean, there are a lot worse places for you to have the that other opponent taking most of their shots from. Yeah, and that that other goal, the one that happens right at the hash marks here, was just an absolutely filthy redirection yeah, well, by the Ottawa Senators. Like I watched, I was like, I, I can't even be bad. That was. That was such a disgusting redirection. It yeah, was well, so well placed. Our heat map is wow. I almost pretty, just pretty, dropped an F bomb there. Pretty boring. Our heat map's horrible. So yeah. we have that going for us. Um, for those listening and not watching, the heat map for the Red Wings is pretty much non existent. Uh, they didn't yeah, get we, a lot of shots on that. They had 25 wild. total. Say that? It's just wild how. Yeah. Not good. This is well, and they're the most amount of the shots they had came from the right dot. Like, why is that where the most the majority of your shots took place from? Um, they just again, they didn't necessarily how do I put this? They didn't get dominated, but the Ottawa Senators definitely had more quality score shot attempts than the Red Wings had. Um, as you could see on the heat map, it was just much better opportunities it just wasn't it just wasn't that thrilling of a game i mean it was two to one all the way until like middle of the third period where the senators extended their uh their lead or uh, i'm sorry it was one one until the auto senators took the lead retook the lead rather and then scored two empty netters at the end it just the red wings just can't seem to really get any offense going right now and i, I just i keep going back to it. and i don't want to i don't want to harp on it because we do so much of it with the team losing the way they are right now but i mean we got we got to get some kind of catalyst. I mean, Jacob Vrana has been the main catalyst for this team for a while now, but eventually, I mean, he's not going to sustain that twenty five shooting percentage. So we got to get scoring from elsewhere. I mean, you can't just have Tyler Bertuzzi scoring a goal in the power play be the only goal you score. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, we've talked about like the depth on offense is not uh, where we expect it to be going forward, and not I mean, where it can't be this bad going forward if you want to ever be competitive, but like we do have some injuries, right. That are, that are playing a factor. And um, like at the end of the day, we, we sold at the deadline and we have people hurt. So like e- e- this team was already struggling. Yeah. And now on top of that, like least we forget we, we, we are without Fabry and uh, Vlad who, who were both big contributors for, for the offense this season. So while it certainly is, is bleak and, and the offense really outside of, 
the top line has been pretty um, inconsistent. Not, yeah, in, inconsistent to put it nicely. Uh, it, we do have to remember that the second half of this season is not how the team was ever supposed to look. You don't go into a season going, oh, yeah, we really want to sell at the deadline. No, you want to compete. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you don't ever plan for injury. So we, we have two guys that were top six production that uh, are not here and have caused a lot of uh, a lot of reshuffling. And honestly, we've had a lot of injuries in the bottom six, too. It's just the, the team at no point in the last offseason at any point this season was the team ever actually supposed to look like it does right now? And I no, think for the last the month, we've been reaping that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to continue breaking them this uh, game. I want to talk about that Bertuzzi goal, mostly because the cider assist was pretty pretty uh, sick nasty. Pretty sick nasty. Um, sick but nasty. first, I got to talk to you guys today about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week so they can arrive fresh. All without a trip to the grocery store or farmer's market, HelloFresh chefs know how to diversify the menu with seasonal recipes like salmon limon and pasta primavera. I I pronounced that as best as I could there. No, you nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. Customize your favorite dishes with the new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein or side for another, upgrading for a, mux, a more luxe experience, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. The me- this That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to you. Um, I've used HelloFresh. My parents are actually using HelloFresh right now. Um, and they say the same exact things that I said about it when I was using HelloFresh is the fact that they constantly give you great meal ideas. Um, the prep time is not that long. The prep is very easy with step-by-step ingredients. So the entire time you're doing it, you're like, all right, I'm not, I'm not feeling lost. And then the end product always, you know, you, and here's something I've noticed a lot with these, these meal kits is they send you this picture. And they're like, this is how it's going to look. And then you finish it and you're like, okay, well, it, it tastes fine, but it does not look nearly as appetizing as the picture. Never had that problem with HelloFresh. The end product always, almost always looked exactly like they had um, given it to you or given you on that picture on the ingredients card. And that's kind of a huge thing. Like visual, being appetizing visually is also a big part of eating. And this always looked as good as it tasted. So definitely give HelloFresh a try, guys. Uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash Lockdown16 and use code Lockdown16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, Go to HelloFresh.com slash Lockdown16 and use that code Lockdown16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. 16. 16. You didn't do, you're, you're really slacking in like the banner game, dog. Oh, I know. I for, keep doing, you got to remind me, bro. I know, I know. Yeah. I, honestly, I forgot to until like right now. Boom. So, there we go. That's right there, folks. All right. There you go. Scotty, let's talk about that Bertuzzi goal. One of the, probably outside of Grice, the sole bright spot of this game. The power play actually did something really nice. And that was that goal um, facilitated by Moritz Snyder. Lucas Raymond got the secondary assist on that, so you love to see that. But I was going back and forth on this, and I I tweeted it out. I said, I'm going to choose to think that Moritz Snyder purposely shot past that off the backboards because it fits my narrative. 
But do you actually think Moritz Sider intentionally made that uh, shot miss the net behind the boards for Bertuzzi rebound opposite side? Absolutely, he did. Without Not a doubt? A question. Absolutely. Not even a doubt. What are we talking about? You think he didn't? I mean, that's weird. No, he did. I, in all honesty, I've seen ones where he's done things similarly, like similarly to that intentionally. Do you remember the Zadina one earlier this year, man? I do. It was, we should do this off season. We should do like top 10 goals or assists or like moments or whatever of the year. That'd be a good one. A good off season topic. Yeah. Good evergreen. Like if we were doing like top 10 assists, that, I mean, that has to be one, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was insane. Like it, it wouldn't. It would be anticlimactic because, like, that's obviously one. Um, I mean, top ten biggest hits. It'd all be more insider as well. So yeah, I mean, it would, I, it a lot of these. Be, it would all be counters too. <laughs> Counter hits. I mean, it it does make sense that it'd be something that he does intentionally because he has done things like that all season long, and he's always shown an increased hockey IQ. It's just in that moment, it happened so fast, and the way that it came off his stick almost looked like it, he didn't get all of it. But him having a history already, let's say, of doing crazy high uh, hockey IQ plays like that leads me to believe that, yeah, he probably bounced it off the back of the boards intentionally for Tyler Bertuzzi back door. And that's just something that Does it so fit your narrative? players have. It fits Does my it narrative. Fit your narrative? It fits well, my narrative. That's that, the answer. You'll that's always, the answer. You always just argue whatever fits your narrative, brother. It's the first yeah. rule of sport. I will also argue that um, Mark Stahl Loki had a pretty good game. I thought and, he looked good. And, and like, we've known that he's good offensively. Like, he's been good offensively, honestly, a majority of the season. He's been effective on a night-to-night basis on the offensive end. It's just usually kind of a liability on the defensive end. But tonight, I, I, I thought he had a pretty solid game, too. I agree. Yeah, and, like, he had, you know what? The advanced metrics back me up on this. Well, then he you actually had, the and if best... they didn't, then you would just not bring up advanced metrics at all because we're narrative pushing. Exactly. That's we we're here. pushing narratives. He had the best expected goals for percentage of the team in this game at five on five with 57.83, which means he was on the ice. The uh, Red Wings produced 57.83 of the quality shot attempts to that would mean that. Yeah. So relative, he had a relative of 30 in this game. Pretty good. Pretty happy to see that out of my boy Mark Stahl, but not just that. Actually, the, the plays that I thought of that I noticed too were in the defensive zone, just him bodying people. Like he was being really physical in this game, and it was nice to see. Um, yeah, I no, I completely agree. And and for as poor as I thought everyone looked defensively in the first period, um, I I do think that there was still some decent performances if you're looking at the landscape of the entire game. And another guy we haven't gotten to at all since he's come back from injury is actually uh, Mitchell Stevens, who, according to Hockey Stat Card, had the best performance overall. Can uh, you do a zoom? Yes. Waiting offense and defense against each other. Um, obviously, the one thing that stands out, which goes back to our first segment, is how piss poor the offense was in this game. Uh, they were not getting brutal. They were not getting quality scoring attempts or quality scoring chances at all. There's just no offense. Only a total of 25 shots. Um, thankfully the Ottawa centers aren't very good either. So it kind of, it kind of looked like a closer game than it really was, but more Mitchell Stevens had the best game out of all of them. Um, impact wise, he had a positive defensive impact, a positive individual impact and a positive miscellaneous impact, which I'm really curious because you don't see miscellaneous on here often, 
So I'm really curious what they're considering in the miscellaneous impact of this hockey game. In fact, let me look up here and see exactly what they're talking about. Mitchell Stevens. Man, what is it? I, I honestly have no idea what his hey. miscellaneous impact could have been. We'll take it. We'll take it. But um, I mean, I guess it, we lost by three goals, so like yeah. maybe we won't. I guess, but well, then number two on that list is Morris Sider, and that's because he had not he had a very weak offensive impact in this game, but was offset by a point nine two individual impact, which of course comes off that power play assist that he had. Oh, so. also first Red Wings rookie defenseman since Lindstrom to have yes. 20, 20 plus power play points. Um, that goes back to nineteen ninety one. Which is already wild just because, like, any time you do anything where the last person to do it is Liddy, like, that's obviously a big deal. Um, but you could, you could call it Liddy. But also... <laughs> just moves on. <laughs> that was so bad. That's what I'm here for. Okay. I have to recover now. That was really brutal. Um, but... <laughs> So it's already like amazing enough, obviously, but I, I think on top of that, you have to just realize how ineffective and bad the power play has been all year. And then you're like, wow, that honestly even becomes even, even more, more impressive. impressive that he was able to get 20 points off a brutal power play this season. I mean, the, the kids on real should be unanimous Calder. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the fact that, well, I mean, you just said it yourself, that on a team like this, he's got that many points. Most since Nick Lidstrom in 1991 just speaks volumes of the impact that he's had. Can you imagine this team without Moritz Sider, how bad it would be? I mean, I don't think this team's competitive through January if it was not for Moritz Sider. But, I mean, we could we could rave all day about Moritz Sider and what he's doing for this hockey, uh, hockey club. We've done it plenty of times in the past. Um, but instead I'm going to rant and rave about built bar and why they're delicious and why you should eat them. And that's because they have puffs. Have you tried puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the, uh, one of built bars, best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon, churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built.com, they are all about the taste. That make, that They make it delicious first and figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they just manage to do it every single time. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. I'm waiting. For what? Oh, my God. All right. We're doing this, I guess. Uh, segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, you have... There it is. Um, <laughs> you're ridiculous. You say my jokes are bad. Um, yeah, that was certainly much better than you could say it's Liddy. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. It's charming how, how no, bad it's they not. are. They're charming. No, it's, no. It, that's me. It's 100% Brian. Yeah, you're not charming. 
Wow. <laughs> I guess I walked into that one. I think you're charming, though. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Oh, that wink. It's dangerous. Hey, yo. Uh, Sam Gagne made some comments in the postgame. Um, you alerted me to this as I was driving home during postgame, so I didn't really get to see it. What did he say? Yeah, it. Uh, well, I don't. I don't think it was. It. This is from two days ago. As you're oh, it's from two days ago. So yeah, I'm really out I of the think, loop. I think now. it was just like after a, like a practice. I think, um, like just got asked some questions in a, in a normal media session, um, but basically was asked about how he liked being a Detroit Red Wing and said that he wanted to come back, essentially, is the gist of it. He, the exact quote is, it's been a lot of fun, I'm really enjoying it, and hopefully I can stay here in the future. And, uh, you know, made a joke about some of the younger guys on the team are closer to his kids' age than than <laughs> than, uh, than his age. Um, but I, I think he's really embraced and really likes kind of the – veteran leadership role in the, I almost said in the clubhouse in the, in the <laughs> locker room. Right. And it has clearly taken that to heart and, and thinks it's a big deal and, and wants to come back and stay. And I was just more so wondering if you think that there is a spot for him going forward, because I, I don't think anyone dislikes Sam. It's Gagne, impossible to dislike Sam guy. Right. I, I think, if you have the ability to have him back in some capacity, you probably do it. But um, I'm also, you know, is the production that he's putting up worth him being uh, like, I, I, I'll say, I'll put it this way. Unfortunately, I don't think that if next season you're going into opening night and Sam Gagne is on your third line, that you have done enough in the offseason and that you are going to be competitive next year? So that's a really good question. If he's a fourth liner, we have a conversation to have. Sure. Why not? I don't think Gagne should be your third liner going into opening night. He's also not having a bad season, though. Um, even I statistically agree. wise, he's got 28 points so far in, uh, you know, 71 games. He's got 12 goals and 16 assists. So, you know, that's. Decent production from a bottom, you know, bottom six forward, despite playing on a on a Red Wings team that, especially lately, has really been pretty brutal. He's only a minus five. Um, while I'm throwing stats at you, I'll give you his Corsi for the season. He's got a Corsi uh, four percentage of uh, 41.6%, a negative 7.1. So he does t tend to be on the ice, um, but that is all strengths considered. And I keep saying considered. I don't know why I keep throwing considered on there. So... If I just put it to five on five, he's actually got a positive impact of just 0.3. So just barely a positive impact relative to his For teammates sure. at five on five. So he's not a bad option at bottom six forward. He is 32. So he is on the bottom, you know, he's on the back half of his career for sure at this point. But also, if you're looking at a team that's losing Danny to Kaiser for sure, for certain and losing um, probably Mark Stahl, Mark Stahl as well. I'm not opposed to if you're going to keep one of those ve like veteran leaders in the locker room and give one of those guys an A. I'm all for it actually being Sam Gagne. I am too. Season. Like I said, I, I I don't want anything I said to come off as no. I understand. Yeah, I don't I, think I, Gagne I, can be productive. I I I wouldn't mind slapping an A on his on his chest and and putting him at. 
putting him at fourth line next year. Absolutely. I'm all for that. I just, as far as like, we've seen this year, how quickly a couple of injuries can tank your depth. And I Mm. just don't think it's intelligent to have an off season, which leads you to Sam Gagne being a third liner is like, Hey, this is our plan this year. If you, if you want to take another step forward and you want to compete, I think he, he probably should be on, on your fourth line. That being said, I'm all for him being on the fourth line and I'm okay with be going as far, like you said, as put an A on his chest. That's fine by me. Yeah. I mean, as in a vacuum, I really like Sam Gagne. I'd like to see him stay. Um, and I think that he does provide, you know, a, a certain value to this team. Again, like statistically, he's not putting up bad numbers for a, a bottom six forward, especially at his age. And he's clearly a veteran in the locker room that the team responds to and respects. So I, I'm like all for keeping him on board. But if it's at the right value and you do enough outside of Sam Gagne to improve the team in the offseason. I mean, unfortunately, bottom six forwards are a dime a dozen and you could get a younger option than Sam Gagne um, that would make this team better next season. So logically, do I think that keeping him around is the best move? I, I, I'm not certain. But that doesn't mean that I'm also advocating for, you know, him to yeah at the end of the day i think we survive no matter what the decision is i don't think either way is vital or or detrimental to the future of the team i don't know it's coming probably coming off as very fence sitting like i think that there is a path forward for him to be on this team next year and be that veteran leader and get that a to just be that that veteran presence in the locker room the guy who's been around and done it all otherwise that you know hasn't done it all but you know he's been around since 2007 was his rookie season so I'm just like, I don't know. My bias is probably interfering with what I probably know to be true. But, you know, he's got an expected goals for percentage of negative 1.14. So even when you go and look at that, and that's at five on five exactly, like he's still barely, um, you know, a negative impact. So it's just, and that's coming out, that's on a team that's just so, I don't know. I get really, I, I, I have such a soft spot for guys like Sam Gagne and Mark Stahl that it's hard for me to logically look at it. Logically, I think there is definitely like you, you could move on to move on from him and make the team better. But I also think that there is a value to holding on to him. Well, like it's I just said, whether you, or not- can, you can hold on to him and improve. And, and if he's going into your season as a fourth liner, then you did improve. Yeah. Because yeah. he's playing a lot of third line minutes this he, year, he just doesn't actively make the team worse. You know, there are there are right. players on this team. I, I'm trying to phrase this the right way. <laughs> there are players on the Red Wings right now who you know are basically UFAs waiting or retirement waiting. Like you know that as soon as the season ends, they're not a Red Wing anymore. Sam Gagne is not one of those players. He does bring the value. And so even if he's playing on the fourth line next season, which would probably be the ideal situation for Sam Gagne, and, you know, given line shuffling or injuries, he could play, you know, third line at times. I'd, I'm not opposed to keeping him because I, I think that he does bring positive assets to the locker room and on the ice. Agreed. Cool. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> what if you had waited until just now to say it? That would have been the longest. One of these days. One of these days. One of these days. I got plenty uh, of time. Any final thoughts? Um, hmm. 
Shout out roast beef. That's the strangest final thought you've ever had. Shout out roast beef. And we've did you, all. Did you have Arby's or something? Uh, No. But I had okay. roast beef. Okay. Uh, I do have a quick question for you, though, as my final thought. Do you think that Tyler Bertuzzi can hit 30 goals before the season ends? I think there's like, what, five games left? Um. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a little more than that. I okay. think we got like seven or something. So he's got goals. Yeah, third twenty-seven. He's got to get three more. Woo! It's a tough. That's a tough sell. I'll go with thirty on the nose. He's. Uh, I think he could do it. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games left to get three. So if he gets a goal, one Man, out we of that. Hell of a, we only have like two home games left. Yeah, so we have it's nine games, games left. Goodness. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. But I think he can do it. Although, you got to keep in mind, though, he can't play in Canada. And there's only one game in Canada out of that Toronto game. So he's got to get three and eight? He's got to get three and eight. I think he could do it. Especially if you put him on the power play. Yeah, put him on the power play. He he just has – he has his style is just so, like, goals in bunches. Like, yeah. he, he just has the ability to – because he's always just in front of the net and just wreaking havoc and nose diving to <laughs> to the net. Like, he, he just – he always has the ability to to get, like, a dirty goal, and, and those can come in bunches. Yeah, I don't – I don't you know, he's either going to get zero or, like, four. <laughs> well, hopefully it's four. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow, guys. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.